0: Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share the review of the month. And this review is from Liz, my go-to for social media tips. Natasha never fails to deliver the best social media tips. I've been following her for a couple of years now. Thank you. And have learned so much thanks to her extensive knowledge on social media I was so excited when I found out that she had a podcast and have been tuning in to her episodes each week. Thank you so much, Liz, and thank you for being an OG follower. That is just so great to hear that we've been growing a community together, and I'm so glad that you're loving the podcast. Your reviews and DMs seriously mean the world to me and help support this show. So thank you. And if you have a few minutes, I would love to hear from you in the reviews on Apple Podcasts. It absolutely means the world to me. And I'm loving to hear you know what guests you're liking, what topics you like, and what you want to hear more of. So now let's get into today's episode. It's going to be a good one. Okay. I am so excited to have tiffany on with me today She is my first guest that we have officially only met on the podcast And I can already tell we are definitely kindred spirits and I just know everyone tuning in is just absolutely going to love Her energy and her story. So thank you for joining me today
1: I am so excited and honored to be here. So thanks for having me
0: Of course. And I just want to dive right into your story because when I was reading about it, I was like, oh my goodness, this woman is so strong and so wise and has so much amazing things to share with fellow female entrepreneurs and women out there. So do you want to dive in and just give us, give us the long story, not the long story short. We want the long story about oh, you just you. Want the long, long story. <laughs> yes.
1: I'm like, oh, where's the best place to <laughs> to start my long story? You know, originally I'm from California, you know, <laughs> I mean, we can start all the way from birth or I can just right. you from a business standpoint. Yes. But- Really, um, you know, I launched my my first business um, in 2012. So that's really when I became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot like you, which is probably why I'm also so fascinated with you and just like love your spirit. Because I started at 24, and I um, started in marketing. And so digital marketing was really my jam for the first couple of years in business. And I started in a very interesting way that I love to share because it's not your formal like, Oh, I made this decision to start a digital marketing business. And you know, the rest is kind of history, but it really was on accident. And I was working for a startup company, right out of college. And, you know, at that point was 2010, when I was working for them. And, the startup company was literally the three partners or four partners and myself so i was like their first employee and was there from like the ground up like literally they had their first shipment on my first day of <laughs> on my first day of work and so i was like really there on the ground floor of them starting up and so i got to really see what it looks like to be a startup company and the chaos that <laughs> comes with starting up and also just really fascinating to see how you take an idea and turn it into reality, you know, and so that was um, my first kind of peek in, even though I had done some stuff personally in college, but never like an actual business. And so I was doing their um, social media marketing for them. And after about two years of working with them, I just started to have this pain, you know, like we all get these little nudges at times, and we're not really sure why we're getting these nudges, but it was something telling me, like, There's something more out there for you to do. And I really didn't know what that was or what that was going to be. And I just knew that I needed something else. And I, at the time, I was like, you know what? You should just go to Costa Rica for a couple of months and go find yourself. (laughs) And that's kind of was my thought processing in the beginning. Like maybe you just don't know what you want and you need some time to step away and think about it. But um, I decided to quit. And before I could like book that trip to Costa Rica, I got invited to, you know, work for another company. And I took the job, even though I wasn't sure that I even wanted a job. But I realized about two weeks later that I should have never taken the job (laughs) because it was like a cluster. Even though, you know, going into this job, I thought it was a marketing company, an agency that I would learn from, you know, other people, because basically everything I did for the startup was self-taught and I wanted like to be guided you know or someone to teach me some things that I didn't already know myself and I went into this atmosphere completely chaotic Um, and I'm like I don't know if I signed you know this is what I signed up for and my boss at the time just wasn't really a nice person he kind of belittled you know the employees and the interns and he just didn't make you feel like you were awesome or a great part of the team or anything and one day he came in yelling at everyone And I was like, Nope, this is not for me. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is not going to be for me. And I went home that night thinking like, I'm just going to quit. Like I was supposed to be in Costa Rica anyway. (laughs) And I'm just going to quit and buy my ticket to Costa Rica. And um, I wrote him an email and I said, I can no longer, you know, due to your behavior, I can no longer work for you. But maybe I can work with you if you want to become a client, and I could still do your digital marketing. And I honestly thought he was going to be like, mm, bye. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with you. And I got a reply. And he's like, come into my office tomorrow. Let's talk. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? And he became my client, he became my very first client. And then I Called up my old bosses that I just quit like literally two weeks prior and was like, So I'm in business. <laughs> and I just wanted to know if you wanted me to continue to do, you know, your marketing for you. And they were actually really happy about it because the person that they hired after me just wasn't working out. So just like that, I turned my bosses into my first set of clients and I was in business.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is such an amazing story because you often like think, you know, you can't actually tap into the network or the businesses or the jobs that you've already worked for. But that's amazing that you leveraged that, you know, when you were just starting out and it was, were you even thinking that you were going to freelance and have a business? Like, was that even a thought? (laughs)
1: Not really. Like I think I probably pondered it, you know, at some point, but I never really considered it because I didn't think I was ready. You know what? I was 24 years old and I know we hear a lot of stories of, you know, 18 year olds to 24 year olds doing a lot of amazing things. Now I'm thinking you're one of them, right? I think I saw that.
0: Yeah, you're you're
1: in in that in that age group. But at the time still, you know, online kind of personal branding and that kind of stuff was still relatively new. So we weren't hearing a lot of those stories. And so for me, I'm like, who am I, 24 year old with like two years work experience (laughs) to go out here and, you know, start building. But what I realized very early on and something that I continue to share with others is that, you know, you start from where you are and you're an expert at the thing that you're an expert in. You don't have to be an expert at everything. You just have to know more about this subject matter than the person that you're helping, right? And so at that time, no one knew what the heck they were doing when it came to promoting their business on social media, like at all period. It was like the Wawa West in 2010. And I had just done it for a company for two years. And so I had built that kind of credibility and just started from there. And that was like literally beginning for
0: me. Wow. I resonate with that so much because... I remember when I started my business, when I was still in school, I was like, you know, I had the imposter syndrome thoughts where I'm like, who am I 21 years old to think that I can tell anyone what to do or manage their Instagram accounts. But I really tapped into like, I am an expert, if anything, because of my age, I'm even more of an expert at this topic. And I have the experience and just like really being confident in what I did know made such a big difference. So I'm so glad that you touched on that.
1: Yeah, it really, you know, and and I kind of had the same mentality at the time, being young was actually an asset, right? Because it was something that I was growing up with. And a lot of my clients at the time just really had no clue (laughs) what to do and, and how to utilize it. And so being young was really an asset at that particular time. And To kind of continue this story, you know, after about two years of doing Done For You marketing services, during that time working with these small business owners, I began to realize that I kind of had this like intuitive knowing that was really interesting that kind of had pushed me to end up being the coach that I am today. But at the time, a lot of my clients weren't able to like help me do my job correctly because they were so unclear about the direction of just about everything. And I found myself trying to help them clarify like what they were doing within their business, how they were operating. And I'm talking about like restaurants and bars and you know not just online businesses, but <clears throat> offline ventures. And I was just able to see all these holes that they had in their business and communicated effectively to say okay if you do this this and this and this then we can market this way right and so I was just trying to help them help me help them yes. uh, effectively <laughs> market and essentially realize that I was really good at this other part that I didn't even know the name of at the time I didn't know like that I could coach and consult in that way, both from a personal perspective as well as really finding these other areas within their business outside of marketing that I just was decent and good at. And that was the spark for me to evolve past um, just digital marketing done for you services, but actually providing more clarity work um, for business owners and entrepreneurs.
0: That's such an amazing evolution. And I also know um, when you were building your business, you were also going through a lot personally. I know you mentioned, you know, having a life threatening pregnancy and postpartum depression. Do you want to kind of tell everyone how that, you know, really shaped your journey as well?
1: Yeah. So in 2014, when I discovered <laughs> that I had this ability to help my clients um, in another way outside of done marketing services, I launched Live with Tiffany, which was, you know, or is still uh, my personal brand. And <clears throat> it was going to be like the hub for me to do this kind of coaching and consulting, um, and, you know, create online courses and all of that jazz. And about three months after I launched live with Tiffany, I got pregnant. So (laughs) exactly planned. (laughs) You can, you can say it wasn't exactly planned. Um, because if so, I probably wouldn't have done it exactly three months after. Um, so with that, it, I mean, it definitely, spun everything upside down. Um, About four months into my pregnancy, I think I was about 16 weeks or so, I was diagnosed with several uh, complications that threatened the life of both myself and my unborn child at the time. And so going through that experience while still building my business, because. You know, essentially, even though I had been in business for two years, I had just switched businesses, business models. Um, so I was still relatively new to what I was doing and what I was building. And it was very challenging at this particular time because I was, you know, my partner was um, getting his master's degree in tax law. We were living in Denver at the time. Um, he was like about to graduate and I'm like building a business pregnant and then now going through complications. And, um, it was an interesting time to say the least. And a time that really did shift a lot within myself, obviously, you Mm -hmm. know, for obvious reasons, but gave me a whole different perspective. Um, around what I need, or at least it it was the catalyst to what then would become a lot of work or how I added to the work that I did. And so during that particular time, I was pretty much given like this deadline of 24 weeks. And I was 16, 17 weeks at the time of the diagnosis. And so I had you know, a short amount of time to heal from these complications in order to save my life and save my unborn child's life at the time. Mm. And by the 24th of the week, one of my complications ended up healing that allowed me to get an emergency surgery. And so it was in this turn that I actually ended up having a very decent pregnancy thereafter and saving my child at the time. And it was during this back and forth of not knowing, right, if I was going to make it, if my daughter was going to make it, that I began to explore the necessary, the necessariness of holding space and taking time out because my entrepreneurial spirit was go, go, go. And I knew that I couldn't go, go, go because I had to do everything in my power to try to heal. And I couldn't be stressed out, and I couldn't pull all nighters, and I couldn't do all the things that I had been doing, you know, years prior. And I really had to slow down, and I had to really center myself around my own healing and my own well-being. And that was really a spark for me. Unfortunately, the spark didn't last long, because as soon as I was healed and back to normal, you know, you go right back into a very similar cycle. I had my daughter at 37 weeks. Healthy, beautiful baby girl, despite all the the chaos that you know my pregnancy created, and I was back, you know, into the races. Like after taking um, a small leave, I then went right back into working and doing all of the things. And about six months after I had my daughter, I started to experience postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and so it felt at this particular time that it just was like a year of internal mental and emotional chaos. <laughs> you know, even though I kept showing up, and I think, you know, a lot of people, when I, when I talk about this story now, people really didn't know all that I was experiencing because I never really stopped showing up. And I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> I'm still I'm still debating exactly what, you know, if that was really great or not. But what was necessary for me is that I had a business to run, and I didn't have the luxury of, not being present. But what I did do, at least early on, was try to take some time out. And when I was going through postpartum, though, that I was in denial about, because I had prided myself up into this point that I had done so much personal development work that I had done. So, you know, because depression for me was something that I experienced a lot as a teenager and early in my 20s. And I felt like I was just so far away from it that I'd never wanted to bring it back. And I was kind of ashamed, you know, to feel what I was feeling. I was ashamed to, you know, the the way that I felt about my daughter, about my spouse, about my clients, about everybody, including myself, um, just was so not like me. Yeah. And it was really hard to navigate What I was going through. And like I said, at the time, I didn't know, like, I didn't give it a name because I didn't know that I was experiencing postpartum until actually some months later when I really found out that's what I was going through. I just thought I was just losing it to some degree. Um, And I simultaneously going through this, I had started a live stream (laughs) show called The Morning Shift. And I did that. A, yes, for content and my ability to share with others, but it was like a new type of piece of content for me that I hadn't really done before, and it was personal growth-oriented. But it was also served as like this therapy, I think, for myself. What I'm really good at is creating teachable moments. So I would take what I was literally experiencing And then able to reshape it in order to give some context and help my audience is what my goal was. But for me, as I was saying these things out loud, realizing what I was processing myself allowed me to do a deeper level of healing. So it really served my people and it served me all while I was, you know, going through the imposter syndrome again, going through the feeling like a fraud because I'm like, who am I to provide clarity. Like who am I to be motivational and inspirational to people when I feel so unclear, when I feel so Mm -hmm. uninspired, when I don't feel very motivated right now. And it took a mentor of mine to really kind of sit me down and say, you know, what are you doing? And what have you been doing for yourself? And have Mm -hmm. you taken any time to really consider all that you've experienced in this like last year and a half? you started kind of a new business, right? You got pregnant, you had complications, you have a newborn, you kept going in your business. You now like been experiencing this level of depression. Have you like sat for a moment and just considered what you've gone through? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, I haven't. I just felt the need to keep going. I felt the need, especially at that particular time. I mean, we're talking about like five or six years ago, not really five or six, but four or five years ago, um, it was still like our culture, even on social media has changed in the last couple of years. But at that point, the hustle was like the highlight, (laughs) you know, like grinding and hustling and, you know, wake up and grind mentality was really popular. And Glorified to some degree and I didn't feel like I was the best entrepreneur if I too wasn't hustling and grinding and Putting in that level of work And if I wasn't you know showing up all the time then there must be something wrong with me And I kept those mentalities That just were not serving me and they weren't serving my clients and they weren't serving my family and they weren't serving the world You know to the extent in which I really wanted to show up and I knew that I needed to Take care of myself Um, and my mentor was like, you know, what do you, what the hell do you do in the morning? And I'm like, I don't understand the question. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know if I understand the question because I'm sleep deprived. My child still wakes up through the night. I jump up and get ready and get straight to work, social media, making courses, making videos, coaching call, you know, like the works. And then it's 12 o'clock. And I'm still going and then it's five o'clock and now I'm back with my child and have to cook dinner <laughs> and I'm going to start the day all over again, you know? And she's like, well, have you ever considered why it's so necessary to really take some time out for you? And because you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, you could have a point. <laughs> you could have a point.
0: Yeah.
1: I definitely feel like empty. I'm running on fumes at this point, definitely running on E. and What would happen if I took some time to really understand where I am today? You know, like I'm not a bad person for continuing to push through, even though I knew I probably needed to stop, but I get to choose differently. Right. And something I, I like to share a lot with my clients is that you get to choose and you get to choose again yeah, and without the guilt and without the shame. And so often do we carry a lot of guilt and shame around decisions that we didn't make, you know, Mm -hmm. and at that particular time, I'm like, okay, I want to do more and I want to be more, but I need some time for me. And that was really the beginning of me creating a practice that supported my mental and emotional Mm well-being along with my physical well-being, but really you know, allowing myself to do some raw self-discovery work in the process.
0: Oh wow. And and the the way that your mentor really had you reflect on everything and how your journey really evolved is really beautiful because everything you mentioned it really has shifted how you are today, and how your business has evolved, and all the amazing things you're able to achieve now. Um, I think that's just really beautiful to look back on, and thank you so much for sharing that. And even when you were talking about a lot of parts of it, I could relate in so many ways. Um, in 2019, I you know opened up and said that I was experiencing adrenal fatigue, and I had been at a stage where you know when I graduated, I was push push push. I didn't have boundaries. I was so excited to build my business. And then I eventually had this time where i was like, this is not sustainable. And so I thought, okay, I figured it out. You know, I won't ever get burnout. Like this is what it is. And then I realized like I was revisiting that pattern. I mean, it's kind of the same with you. You know, you're like recognize it. You took care of yourself and they're like, okay, now I can push again. Like I recharged, but it's really making it like sustainable and a part of your lifestyle, which is really what you preach today.
1: Yeah, that was the big shift. And you'll hear yeah. me say shift a lot. <laughs> um, it's kind of my word. Yeah, that was that was big because, you know, going through, like I said, I'd been on my own personal growth and personal development journey since basically starting my business in 2012, because basically being an entrepreneur forces you to have to do personal development, yep. <laughs> to stay sane. Um, you have to realize that, you know, everything you're thinking is normal and it's all okay and you're going to be fine and you're going to be great. Um, so, you know, I pride in myself in not only doing this work and then also advocating for it. But with that, I'm human and we all are right. So just because you do personal development work or personal growth work, it doesn't mean that you are immune (laughs) to mental health woes. And it doesn't mean that you're immune to energetic lows. Like we are human beings and the more we're aware of our humanness, the more grace I think we're willing to give ourselves um, in our process of growth and development and for me going through, you know, the pregnancy was a aha moment, but obviously it was, it was the catalyst. It was for me to start seeing a pattern. Cause I wasn't quite aware of it, you know, then fast forward a year going through postpartum, which to me was almost even worse than going through the complications of the pregnancy, just because it was just such a mental, it just messed with you. Like it just really messed with you. And I knew that something had to change. And obviously a part of it's hormonal, a part of it is, you know, I like had the baby, I had just moved, I had, you know, friendships that were lost. There was just so many things happening at one time that could cause anyone to be (laughs) depressed about any one given thing. Um, And I was just experiencing a lot, all while being an entrepreneur and continuing to build and grow a business. And so allowing myself to begin that process every day, Recognizing my humanness, recognizing my growth, recognizing how far I've come, even if I didn't feel that I was where I wanted to be, which was so important. And really just acknowledging the fact that I was still here. I'm still, you know, they told me that I might die when in early childbirth, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like I might die when I was going through postpartum, yeah. but I'm still here and I'm still moving forward. And as long as I literally allow myself every single day to get back up and try again, that is a win, yeah. you know, that's a win within itself. And so learning how to reframe how I think, how to be, yes as cliche as it sounds, you know, have more gratitude, have an attitude of gratitude, but like on a deeper level, because even my mentor, the same one, you know, she's like, I don't, are you, you know, working on your gratitude every day? And I was like, I'm grateful. (laughs) I'm so grateful. And she's like, I don't don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. And I'm like, but I am. But then I started, am I, you know, yes, of course I'm grateful for some things, but I tend, you know, at that time I tend to really harp on the things that, all the negative things that were really happening to me and not realizing that a lot of things weren't just happening to me, but they were happening for me. And they were deepening my level of understanding of self, which is so important on this human journey, but also it deepened my work. Yeah. And, you know, at first in 2014, when I launched my coaching business, you know, I was really a strategist at, at the core and going through all of this You know, that I experienced thereafter allowed me to look at my clients as humans, first of all, (laughs) and realize that what they were experiencing a lot of the time was far deeper than the strategies that I could provide for them. And to be able then to take them through a different level of clarity work, no matter what transitions that they were going through helped them navigate their businesses on a deeper level, helped them align to what they were doing and what they were building on a deeper level. And for me, it made my work so much
0: more fulfilling.
1: So when I look back now, I'm like, oh, I'm grateful for all of it. Because hindsight is twenty twenty,
0: right? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I love how you highlighted how one of the biggest takeaways from all of that was making space um, in your business and in your life. So, if anyone's listening and they're kind of wondering, like, "Wow, I actually need to make some space. I need to be more conscious of that in my in my business." What are your best tips for kind of how you were able to do that yourself? Yeah. So.
1: When you think of space, because I feel like it's it's probably used a lot and people are like, I don't know what this space is that (laughs) you may be speaking of. Um, One part of it is like physical space, right? Like literally giving yourself some room to be and become. Some of that space is mental and emotional space, all kind of accumulated together to some degree. But allowing yourself to literally just be. Which is really hard for so many of us, especially like A-type personality, entrepreneur, ambitious <laughs> individuals. Uh, we try to control a lot, and um, just being doesn't really calm the spirit. <laughs> and so, it was a practice for me. And what I what I preach now, and even developing the Morning Ships Company, is that everything is a practice. And so, just meditating and just. You know, gratitude journaling or just anything and doing it once or twice isn't going to fill your cup the way that you want it to. It literally has to be a practice. And you have to practice the practice for it to become a norm, for it to become habitual, right? And so what I was doing um, while I was still going through postpartum was literally... Tired and all, waking up before my daughter, or hopefully trying to wake up before my daughter, and giving myself, even if it was 15 minutes, 30 minutes, to just be in my body, to to do the meditation work, to journal out my thoughts, to take the deep breaths in, to just allow myself to be with myself. And then if I have more time, then, you know, activate some activities, And some things that will allow for me to grow who I am and to grow my vision. And so my suggestion is if you're feeling like you are just kind of like running on E and you're go, 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 because everything, literally you feel like everything will fall to pieces if you don't go. I like you to reconsider (laughs) that and know that everything will fall to pieces if you don't stop, (laughs) if you don't slow down enough to just give yourself some moments. And what I found by taking this time was that it allowed for me to become a better mom. Mm. It allowed for me to be a better partner. It allowed for me to be a better entrepreneur. when I say better, I mean more present, mm-hmm. you know, more, um, a better ability to navigate and communicate, you know, various kinds of conversations to step up as my whole self and not always feeling broken in between things, you know, allowing me to transition a little bit easier than the time before. And so I believe that holding this kind of space for yourself is not just a, um, a nice to do, you know, nice thing to do or try. It's really important. It is yeah. really necessary for our own growth as well as for the betterment of, I always go, humanity in the planet. (laughs) You know, like, we don't think about it from like that degree, but really we're all so interconnected that it does have a ripple effect. So how we show up does impact those around us, whether we, you know, think about it that way or not.
0: Mm, Definitely. Um, I think morning rituals and just having that time for yourself is just so incredibly important, Um, especially even as mothers. I'm sure it's so difficult. I can only imagine I'm just me and my plants and it's hard for me sometimes. But when I take that time, it just makes such a big difference. And I know like I'm always really nosy and would love to hear what your morning routine is like. And even if it changes while, you know, cause I know you travel for speaking and you know, there's always so many factors going into, you know, every day is not the same. So do that? does it shift? Does it change? Does it evolve? Or, you know, what are things that you're always sticking to in your mornings or evening routines?
1: Yeah. So I'm definitely all about the flexibility. And so something that I teach in my morning shift course is to create like three types of morning practices. And so I have three types, if not more. (laughs) And it it also depends on the season, you know, the season of my life and the season that I'm in. But from an activity standpoint, meditation is always key for me. That's something um, that I try to do, if not every day, five times a week. Um, Affirmations, a really important and powerful, something that I used to do that I don't do as much anymore, um, is I used to speak my life into existence. And so I would spend 10, 15 minutes just literally saying out loud. So instead of journaling it, because for a long time, I didn't really like journaling. I would just say out loud, what is it that I wanted, what I desired, how I wanted to show up and just really reconfirm to myself who I was. Our words are powerful. Our our speech is powerful. So that was, you know, something that I used to do. Um, but primarily, it's just really taking that time to be with myself. Journaling, I do love the journaling now, so I have incorporated more of that into my practice. Depending on if my daughter wakes up in the morning, I incorporate her into my practice. Um, if she finds that I'm meditating and she wakes up, she'll come sit next to me. And I know that i am have to wrap it up, but still I will sit there <laughs> with her and, you know, have her um, because she has to like physically do something. <laughs> but have her do it with me. We might do some stretches together and some movement. And so... It's not thinking that, you know, having a practice or holding that space for you or filling your cup, especially if you're a parent, has to just be solo time, right? There's a way to incorporate if necessary. Obviously, I know we all want more alone time. (laughs) So if you can have the alone time, then yes, definitely do that. But we can also bring our children involved and actually speaking to parents next week at the Riveter in Los Angeles on this very same subject of creating a practice, but that's catered around parenthood. Because I know so often we're like, "Um, I have kids, they have to be at school. It's a crazy, hectic morning. Like, how do I make this happen? But there's a way. And so learning how to create based on where you are and what you need is so necessary. Something that I ask myself every single morning when I wake up is what do you need? And just sitting with that because sometimes it's just like, you're really thirsty you need water, (laughs) you know, like sometimes you just, you're dehydrated and you need more water. Um, Sometimes I need more sleep.
0: Yeah.
1: And if I need more sleep and I'm able, then I go back to sleep because that too is a part of my practice Mm. is allowing myself to rest and not pushing for the sake of pushing. And so that's how I feel like I differentiate discussing morning practices and morning routines and rituals is really crafting time and space catered around who you are now and who you're looking to become but being very present with every day knowing that it does change especially if you do travel like myself for speaking and other engagements it's sometimes you're in the airport really early in the morning and it might not look like how it looks when you're at home so what can you take on the go with you you know what can you What books are you reading? What do you need to listen to? What will help you continue to be all that you can be for yourself and for those that you're looking to impact that day?
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes we, you know, see and kind of glamorize morning routines and then we, you know, feel that pressure that we have to have this set routine and we have to block it into our calendar and it has to be so structured. But really I think when you add that, you know, fluidity to it is when the beauty really happens and that's something that's really happened for me. I should I say shifted for me. <laughs> but I realized, you know, sometimes I wake up and I just want to sit and read and have some lemon water. And sometimes I do want to just go back to bed or some mornings I need to walk and I just want to walk around and water all my plants or go outside or all those different types of things. So I've kind of realized what are things that really ground me and fill me up in the mornings but realizing that like every morning I might not want to do my Spanish and that's okay. But on the days that I'm really excited to, I'm really going to honor that and do that. So I'm really glad you broke it down like that. I was like, wow, that is just so incredibly powerful is having like, you know, variations of your rituals.
1: Yeah. And, and being flexible, allowing that fluidity, allowing yourself to also just be in different seasons and You know, there are some seasons that you're focused on a certain subject matter, you know, like, so for instance, in my um, morning shift membership, so I have a monthly membership that supports people through their morning practice. And so something that we're really focused on this quarter in particular is self-love. So allowing ourselves to deepen our levels of self-love. So what does that look like? And so we have different centering thoughts and we get to like dive in deeper, right? And reading books and listening to podcasts or listening to audio or like letters to self or whatever it is that we're doing to deepen our level of self-love at this particular time is, is something that we try to do. And like next quarter is going to be, so the whole theme this year is love, but next quarter is how we like love others and how we let others love us. And so it just deepens a different train of thought and allows for us to dive in into the nuance of ourselves and how we think about showing up in the world. And so really your practice could be, it could be anything and it should be everything that you want it to be in more. And that's why I really push away from like the cookie cutter approach of, you know, just drink the lemon water and meditate and be on with your day. <laughs> but like finding something that, even I used to do lemon water, which I still do occasionally. But I loved juices, I love smoothies, I love kombucha, and so I switch it up. <laughs> and some mornings are different, but based on you know what I need for myself at that particular time, that day, that week, that month, um, and allowing ourselves to build off that.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I think that also kind of ties into how you, you know, change your services, how your business evolves, and how your client relationships evolve as well. Um, I feel like if someone's listening to this, they might be even thinking, wow, I need to kind of create those boundaries, maybe in my business and create space there. Um, what is maybe a way that you've seen for your clients or yourself is like really healthy boundaries to have? In your relationship especially as service providers
1: oh yes <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: I just um, came back two weeks ago from a retreat I did in Puerto Rico with a couple of clients and that was definitely a conversation that we had a lot of which were boundaries and especially when you are a done-for-you service provider um, in particular but also a coaching consulting, because there's several different types of boundaries we can discuss but When you're doing done-for-you services, I know that the pressure is on, right? The pressure to deliver actual tangible (laughs) things. And what usually happens is the client may not know exactly how long it takes you to do certain things. (laughs) And you feel really pressured to deliver on a certain time, but you need more time. And so one thing in particular with one of my clients was how she communicated to her clients early on. Right. So what like really helping them understand how long things take and the expectations and giving them the space and understanding so that they're not like bombarding your email (laughs) with when is this happening? When is, you know, when am am I going to get this thing? But the better we're able to communicate and show up for people as humans, right? We're not machines. We're all humans. That's a boundary that's worth you know, creating like my humanist and your humanist, and where we're going to meet each other halfway and still deliver effectively and efficiently and good work, right? From a coaching standpoint, similar, except that I think the boundaries come with overgiving sometimes, at least that's how it's been in my business. Um, I have a tendency to love all my people really hard, which is a good thing, <laughs> but Maybe to the point of it draining me, right? Maybe to the point of really over, over delivering and not being as compensated for it as I should. And I remember very early on when I was doing even done for you services, I was really undercharging for my marketing and it left me really resentful towards my clients, which it's not their fault that I didn't charge appropriately, you know? And so, but I would take it out on them Cause that's how I felt like I'm doing all of this work for you and you don't appreciate me. I'm not getting paid what I probably should be getting paid, but that was also with my young, my youth, (laughs) not really understanding, you know, how to express myself, how to understand charging what's required and also charging for the extent of work that you are doing. And so being able to communicate everything is the boundaries that we need to continue to establish for ourselves across the board and taking that time to explore what those boundaries are. So within your practice, right, your daily practice, you could be asking yourself those questions like, where today can I exert more boundaries so that I honor who I am and honor my work?
0: Absolutely. And I think like we all listening to this, we're like, oh yeah, like maybe I do need to be charging more. Yeah, maybe I do need to say that this is my office hours and and maybe I need to add this to my welcome packet. It's small things like that. But I've noticed that's been a big difference for me is even going through stages where I was increasing my prices. It totally changes the energy and the product that you can deliver for someone. It's very much involved with the energy that you can put into your clients and your work. You know, it's never on them. It's really creating it where it's a mutually beneficial relationship. So everyone's really fulfilled and happy from it. So you touched on some really great points there. And I would love to touch on our last, you know, topic is burnout because it's kind of that scary monster that everyone hears in the entrepreneurial world. Some people have maybe seen it, some people have maybe experienced it, and some people are maybe wondering how they can avoid it happening in their businesses. Maybe they're in the beginning stages and they haven't been there yet. Um, so what are your best tips for really being conscious about burnout, avoiding it, and healing from it?
1: So when we think about burnout, it shows up for everyone a little bit differently, right? So it could be mental, emotional, physical exhaustion where we just literally, and I'm sure everyone here can attest to at some point in time that you have just been so exhausted, like your bones hurt, (laughs) like you're just that tired. That's probably a sign of burnout.
0: (laughs) Maybe some adrenal fatigue because I have felt
1: that before. Right. You know, just not feeling like yourself being irritable, impatient, questioning yourself a lot. Is this what I'm really here to do? Is this what I should be up to? Just constant change in mood. You know, all these different things that we may just feel like, oh, maybe today I'm just being emotional (laughs) or feeling this way. But if you start to see that these are like a pattern that extends week after week, then you're probably starting to hit that wall and you're starting to experience burnout to some degree. So for me, what I found when I have entered that burnout phase, A is just rest is like an easy, an easy answer. And I know people are like, okay, yeah, I know I'm supposed to rest, but literally sleep is your friend. Like sleep is, is your best friend, which is why I said, if I wake up in the morning and I haven't had enough sleep and I ask myself, what do you need? And it's like more sleep then I give that to myself because I know that I'm only as good for the world as I am for myself. And if I'm tired, that means my work is going to lack. Right. And so making sure that we're rested and that we are getting out of those phases of burnout and what I call burnout and bug out where we either feel like we are so exhausted, so tired, so done with everything, or we're like feeling crazy all the time. Like you're just kind of spastic. Um, If we're entering these cycles of bug out and burnout, it's time to create more space. It's time to get still. It's time to allow yourself to be not just every morning, but it could be evening routine. Like obviously, I'm an advocate for the mornings, hence the morning shifts. But I don't care when you do it. You know, like I don't care when you need to take that time for yourself. It could be allowing yourself to take the weekend a trip away like by yourself you know not just with friends and not with a partner but just literally by yourself to quite literally regroup i think rest is just underestimated like we think we can just keep pushing and we think we can caffeinate ourselves to the point that we'll just you know create all the things that we want in the world but what ends up happening is that we get sick and our body forces us to slow down mm-hmm. and i was telling my my members this morning i'm like You know, getting sick or getting hurt forces you to slow down. It's usually the most unpleasurable way to experience rest, right? Versus if we were to just say, let me take some time. And take some days off. Let me take some time to work out and actually exercise today. Let me take some time to, like you said, you know, adjust my boundaries because maybe that's leading me to burnout. Um, reconnecting to who I am and why I'm here and my bigger vision or mission for the world. All these things may cater to us feeling burned out. And if we don't hold the space to do that self-discovery, exploratory work, kind of uncovering, consistently uncovering who we are today. Because who I was yesterday or last week is actually not who I am today. And I'm constantly growing. And I love that. Some people are like, you know, I don't want to grow anymore. I'm done. But I'm, on the other hand, is curious about what's next for me. What's next for my mental and emotional capacity? What more am I capable of if I hit you know, this next level of my own understanding. And so, the more that we're able to take that time, the easier things really do get. So, even now, when I am overwhelmed, because I can definitely become overwhelmed by the amount of things that I have going on, it's easy to do. I literally will stop everything, take a moment in the middle of my day, and either just stop and take some deep breaths. Meditate or I'll take a nap. I'm all about the nap life. Like I am a power nap advocate. Okay. Like to me, taking a nap is way better than taking another, you know, drinking another glass of coffee. Yes. So our body is usually asking for more eating, changing the way that we eat. Right. That's that's self-love, that's self-care, changing the way that we eat so that we support our energy so that we support the way that we want to feel. So all of these are remedies to, you know, handling burnout.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely so true. And those are so many just really actionable, easy tips that people can instantly implement in their lives no matter what stage in their business they're on. So I wanna thank you so much for sharing that and sharing your story. I feel so inspired just by listening to our conversation, having our conversation. <laughs> and I would love to share where people can connect with you, learn more from you and you know, really just learn more and shift with our lives. (laughs)
1: Yeah, So shifts about to go down. Um, you can learn more about me at my personal website live with Tiffany.com. And also at the morning which is all morning, you know, shift everything morning practices, how um, we can support you and creating a practice that supports where you are now and where you want to be and your vision for the world. And I think That's what we're all out here trying to do, right? Just grow and establish what's necessary for this lifetime in our, in our lives and in our work.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Everyone check out the show notes and definitely access all those goodies that Tiffany has for you. And I want to thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. It was so fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I would love to do it again. We could talk about something else.
0: Thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps for our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.